Welcome to Road to Redemption, a show sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. Welcome to Road to Redemption. I'm John Martin, your host today, and we've got a great show I'm I'm just so excited about. Uh, Today, I am visiting with Josh and Dana. Hey, Josh and Dana, how are y'all doing today? We are doing well. It's a great day. It's good to I'm have you. I'm excited to be here. This is fantastic. Thanks yeah. for having us. Just want to dive right into it. First, though, y'all each give me a little bit background on you. Who do you want to hear from uh, first? Josh, you. Why don't you start? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Josh Bugby. Um, I've been with Children in Crisis since February of this year, and uh, I serve as the developmental director. And uh, really, my... Um, my service to children in crisis is to champion the vision alongside of uh, Dana and Ken and the rest of our staff uh, to promote us. Um, there's a little bit of a kind of a hybrid role, uh, some some PR, some marketing, uh, a lot of grant writing, and uh, just being a a face and a light in the community, and to just broadcast kind of like what you guys do here at Destiny Radio. Uh, broadcast our, our mission vision, and uh, that is to uh, keep siblings together, large siblings together, and get them to our children's neighborhood where we can take care of them in uh, times of crisis in their life. Okay. Dana, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. I'm Dana Franks. I'm vice president of Children in Crisis. I've been with Children in Crisis for about 15 and a half years. Uh, I feel very much so that God directed my path to children in crisis. Mm. And it has been such a journey. I was there when they turned the first shovel of dirt on the property, and I'm there today and seeing the whole neighborhood gives me goosebumps and just to see what God has done and our our community has done um, through the generous donations of our community. We have an emergency shelter, five family foster homes, and eight apartments for young adults aging out of foster care but aren't quite ready for life on their own. So they get a lot of help from us. And uh, then we have, you know, of course, our office and a clubhouse, a pantry, and soon to be a therapy center. So the neighborhood is growing, and I've just kind of grown with it. Uh, I started in 2007. I was the everything person (laughs) with Ken Hare, who kept me more than busy all these years. And I've grown into my newest position as vice president. Okay. It's been a great journey, a great ride. Yeah, and we get the opportunity to do this, get out in the uh, face of the community and partner with like-minded people who uh, partner with our vision and say, hey, we want to partner with uh, Children in Crisis. You guys are doing a great thing in the community. And uh, so, Drew, thanks thanks for having us. Uh, this is an awesome opportunity. Uh, we are avid listeners of Destiny uh, Radio, and, um, yeah, really excited to be here. Well, well how, how did Children in Crisis come about? Give us a little background on how it started. Well, it started in a living room okay. of some concerned citizens, including Cheryl and Darnell, Um, Matt Gay, just a number of citizens that worked in the school systems uh, or in foster care in, you know, with DCF. They were concerned about how many times children were being moved from home to home up to maybe 10 times a year on a waiver because there was such a severe shortage of foster homes that they would 
do a waiver to overcrowd a home in order to place a child and just keep moving them. So this was the concern and what it was doing to these children and seeing their pain of being separated from their siblings in addition to being pulled out of their homes from their parents. Um, And this group said, is there not a better way? And Sherilyn Darnell had the vision of a foster care neighborhood. Matt Gay had a vision of an emergency shelter to receive children coming into foster care. And their visions collided, mm. and thus we now have Children in Crisis. Oh, cool. And, and is this Children in Crisis, is it just one particular city or area, or w- w- where are y'all? It is. Uh, we're located in Fort Walton Beach, okay. 1000 Luke's Way, which is off of Hulbert Field Road. Uh, we have a campus of 20 acres uh, under a charity lease with Northwest Florida State College, and um, that was the first gift that made children in crisis even possible was the land. So that's where we're located right now. We serve uh, what they call Circuit 1, which is four counties, Walton County, Okaloosa, Santa Rosa, and Escambia counties. Okay. So the kids from all four counties that are in need, they come to the, the campus there, if you will, the property there they in do. Fort Walton, and that's where they get... The, yes. the, the housing, the mm-hmm. everything, everything they need. Oftentimes they come, um, John, with a Walmart bag mm-hmm. with maybe a change of clothes that don't even fit. Yeah. Um, but the first thing we do, of course, is let them know that how safe they are. Mm-hmm. And we provide clothing. We have our pantry. We provide clothing for that child, um, teach them things that they may not know Many times we get children that are used to taking uh, a bath in a gas station sink. Mm. They want to wash their hair in the sink. They don't know how to use a shower. Wow. Uh, Many of them hide food for the first three weeks that they're there. They'll hide food in their bedroom because they have been in a position of not knowing if they were getting another meal. And after about three weeks of being fed all they can stand, uh, they quit hiding food, <laughs> to which our cleaning uh, yeah. parents are really, really happy about that. Yeah. Well, it's, not to run dry. <laughs> it, what y'all are talking about really fits in with our mission here with this show, you know, is reaching the lost and bringing people to know Christ. And I know, you know, God's love for children. He calls for us to take care of his children. Such an important thing. And we all know it goes on when you hear the stories and, you know, it just brings it to light. The need is there. Um, and, and, you know, this is, this is such a wealthy country. Um, and I just think you're saying, I think about how much food we, we, we just throw away and give yeah, away. We have absolutely. such an excess of food. And to think of, you know, so many of these children in this situation are, are having to hide food. So... Yeah, wow, that's such a, a great thing that y'all are doing. What is there anything else you can tell me just generally about what y'all's your organization or anything before we kind of move into what you're doing well, today? Sure, sure. Uh, the first group in the living room happened in 2002, I would say. Uh, they mm-hmm. incorporated Children in Crisis in 2003. Um, It was 2005, I believe, before they hired executive director Ken Hare, who Mm -hmm. 
It remains with us about 17 years. Um, And they began a capital campaign uh, spread over three years. Um, They've always, uh, the board is very careful um, stewards of our money. And we don't build a house until we have every dollar in hand ready to build that home. So about over a three-year period, we were simply gathering the funding to build the neighborhood. And then I came in in 2007 and uh, was privileged to see construction start. So the first two buildings uh, were built in 2007 and opened early 2008. We started with service buildings, not the office. Um, So the emergency shelter and the first uh, foster home, which is called Blessings House, were opened in 2008 and started receiving children and taking care of children that needed us. And how many foster homes do you have today and how many children can that accommodate? Well, we have our emergency shelter, which um, is equipped to sleep 16, but typically you will find 9 to 12 children in the emergency shelter. Uh, Once the judge decides, um, then that is his decision, whether this is short-term or long-term. If it's long-term, we move these children into our family foster homes, and we have five of those on the campus. So, you know, a lot of the initial trauma has already been dealt with before they move on to the second home, and that's done very carefully. Uh, John, they will have visits. Uh, They know all the house parents in the neighborhood, uh, they may go to dinner, for instance, at the house where they're going to be moving to a few times and, and uh, get to know the parents a little better and the other children in the home before they're moved. So that okay. uh, basically that's how we operate. And, you know, if they're going to be long-term, they'll live in our foster family homes. And how do you get the, um, the, the, the families that come in, the adults... How do you partner them with the homes? How does that all work? They come into these homes that are built. Do you do you talk to them and say, "Hey, you want to be a foster family?" And then also you would move into this house, or how? Do, or does that? It's it's kind of a a little bit of everything. Okay. <laughs> uh, we do have opportunity for um, tours, and I think once you come on our campus, you can really see the heart behind our mission. Um, it's one thing, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, but if you actually come on the premises, uh, you will see uh, exactly what children in crisis is intended to do. And uh, we have had uh, many donors, sponsors. We've had people just in the community, lots of churches that will come out, you know, to say the help on a Saturday uh, to help with yard maintenance and things like that. And to be honest, once you come on our grounds, you're hooked. You see the mission you it's you see the vision and you say wow how can i partner because you guys are killing it you guys are doing a great job in the community and we can see the impact and the ripple effect that's happening in these lives of these children what let's move a little bit in now into what children in crisis is doing today what what are your greatest needs what are your you know things that you're most passionate about in the future for your organization John, right now, our greatest need is foster parents. Uh, We have empty homes right now. We have two empty homes waiting to receive children and house children. But we do not have foster parents for those two homes. So, 
you know, I feel like being a foster parent is a calling. And if you're called, you know, it will be, you will just flow in it. Um, it is not an easy job, but God equips, and I've seen it over and over again, of God equipping these foster parents to take these children and and to see their lives transformed. I mean, I've, I've seen children go from singing rap songs with lyrics that I that hurt my ears uh, on the way, you know on the way to school to singing um, Christian music mm. on the way to school and oh. seeing their just their lives transformed, seeing them grow out of fear that mm. they've had see them be able to trust adults again and um, to flourish, to flourish at school, to go from failing and a year behind to making the honor roll and being rewarded for it and feeling good about it. So, Yeah, I I think that uh, if I can echo what Dana is saying, it is a calling. Um, My wife and I, we've actually recently adopted and we are going through our own fostering. We just actually had our home study the other day in, in our home. Um, when, when, uh, children in crisis came to our church, we were in the chair and just dumbfounded, like, and that was our heart. That was our calling. We had just recently adopted and I connected with, uh, Miss Dana and I says, wow, you guys are doing it. And, uh, we, of course we signed up and we said, man, we would love to do this. Uh, unfortunately, but fortunately, um, uh, our, our bio children and, and our, uh, our adopted children, we, um, have too many, and which is a good thing because uh, we want we want foster parents to come and foster so they can foster uh, more children, and uh, that way we can utilize the space of these homes. And one thing led to another, and here I am as their development director, but here I am championing and saying, yes, we do need foster parents. We need people that are called uh, because it is a calling. Um, but the reward is tremendous. Uh, it is a great responsibility that we have and a tremendous opportunity. Uh, you know, it's really undefiled religion, taking care of the orphans and the widows, and that's what we're doing. Amen. Wow, that's so great. Now, now just to understand a little clearly in terms of your program with, with fostering children, if someone's interested, would they, uh, obviously they'd reach out to you and we'll tell people how to do that, but is, is, is the business model you have that they would, they'd physically move to one of those houses that you have on your campus? Or do y'all also work with people outside of your campus? Actually, they would move into one of our beautiful homes. These are are 4,000 square foot homes. They are built to uh, the education specifications since they're on the college property. And um, so uh, they're extra strong homes during storms and things like that. And we maintain the homes. Uh, You know, the foster parent doesn't concern about rent about utilities about maintenance that's none of their concern their concern are the children and at the end of the day you know all of our back porches um, are kind of in a semi-circle around the playground and these foster parents are sitting on their porches watching the children play and reflecting on yes i'm in the right place i'm doing the right thing and lives are being changed for the better. So the first step, if you want to be a foster parent, I would say is um, 
our website has an application that would be okay. the starting point or you can call us and you know come see the neighborhood and, and and i know a lot of folks who might be listening may think you know well i'm not the ideal candidate maybe i'm too old too young maybe i'm single talk to us a little bit about that i mean are there any types well, of foster parents you know because some people might think they're not the right fit well actually if you're thinking um you might get too attached uh, this might be uh more difficult than you can handle you probably would make a great foster parent <laughs> <laughs> yes so it's, any it's, age it's, it doesn't matter if you're single attached or... it is worth okay. it okay and yeah any age is you know we have had foster parents that are empty nesters you know their children okay. have gone to college and no longer at home and they yeah. want to do something for the community and they want to be around children again they make great foster parents yeah we we just don't know if age supersedes calling right <laughs> that yes. is the that is the question yes. uh right you know obviously we want to set people up for success yeah. and uh so if you're out there listening in radio land today and you're saying wow that could be me um you know maybe this is your season and you're thinking i want to make a difference i want to impact children's life um then yeah come see us wow that's powerful and on the other end of that uh you know i talked about empty nesters but of course i've seen many young couples come mm -hmm. into our neighborhood uh, maybe they have a couple of children. They can bring them with them, up to two bio or adopted children. Um, you can still work and okay. as long as the children are taken care of. And I, I've seen young couples, well, I, this particular couple comes to mind, that they thought they couldn't have children. And they made it look so easy handling eight children in their home. I mean, they had the routines down so perfectly for these kids and involve the kids in everything from from laundry to taking care of um, uh, the house and and even the lawn so you know the the strangest thing happened um, they they put in for adoption for two little girls and uh, were planning on leaving us and lo and behold the wife became pregnant wow so now they're a family of four. The two little girls are teenagers and doing so very well. And, you know, it's just been um, a blessing mm -hmm. for all. I mean, I think that you learn so much as a foster yes. parent with children in crisis. Right. And to come into that young before you've even had any children <laughs> of your own and get all that knowledge of how to deal with different situations with uh, children and what they're going through, um, how to best deal with it. That is such an advantage for a young couple. So great. Wow, I'm so so excited about this conversation. It's, it's something that uh, I'm passionate about. And I know many of our listeners that are following Christ have a passion for children and, and, and know that this, this is out there, but they may not know how, how to get involved. Um, so it, before we, and we're going to get your information in a second, but is there anything else before we come to the end that, that y'all would like to share? 
Josh, you want to tell them about our upcoming Yeah, yeah, golf we tournament? have a, we have a few events uh, happening. Uh, actually, our 15th annual Sugar Sands Charity Golf Classic is October 10th, and um, it's going to be just right in your backyard over here at Kelly Plantation. And oh, uh, this is a annual event that we do every year, one of our uh, larger golf uh, uh, tournaments and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, there is a pre-registration party at Tommy Bahama, and everyone that registers gets a $100 uh, Tommy Bahama gift card. So that's a plus. Cool. Uh, but if you're a golfer and you like to golf, why not golf for a good cause and uh, do it for our children? Love it. Well, well how, do, how do folks get in touch with y'all that want to come out for a tour, just get more information? Where do they go? Well, you can call us at 850-864-4242. Or you can go on our website, www.childreninCrisisFL.org, cool. to reach us. Absolutely. Okay. We'd welcome your calls. Okay. Once again, folks, we've been visiting with Josh and Dana with Children in Crisis. Such great folks. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you. Really Thank appreciate you y'all. Us. And, and before we go, we just always want to just say to folks listening out there, if you don't know Christ, he wants to know you mm. in a personal way. And the best way to start that process is to open a Bible and just start reading his word. And if you're listening now, you can even do that on the app, the Version Bible app, right on your phone. So I'd encourage you to open that app and just start reading his word and let him guide you. Uh, the, the second thing is to get involved with a local church, a Christ-centered Bible teaching church. And wherever you are, just go. With, of course, Destiny Worship Center is a great church here in our area, but just go get involved in a local church. And lastly is to get in a small group, a group that's going to do life with you and just you know, be an accountability partner for you. Okay, folks, thanks so much for joining us today on Road to Redemption. You've been listening to Road to Redemption, sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own Road to Redemption. If you have any comments or questions, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to us at destinyradio.live. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week on Road to Redemption. Road to Redemption.